1: to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore dad Well, I know Aaron Rodgers is an avid listener of this podcast, so I wanted him to feel at home and uh, comfortable. Smooth transition, you know, kind of stroll out to the beach, pop on the old Packernet Podcast, and bam, some Hawaiian music for you. I got your back, brother man. I gotta be honest, I'm getting tired of apologizing for uh, technical difficulty, so I don't think I'm going to. I I can't even, you know, usually I'll sit here and be like, so I messed up, I did this and that. I don't even know how I did what I did. I don't know. I've not, you know, thousand some odd episodes, we've got to be creeping up on 1100 at this point. I'm just to the point of not even counting. And um, that hasn't happened before. You know why? Because all I have to do is scroll to the bottom and click the very last episode and that's the correct episode. For some reason, I clicked the third to the last third to the last episode, and I was like, "How about this one?" I don't, I don't know, man. It's it's one of those things. As I was sitting there, I was like, you know, maybe I feel like I'm young, but maybe podcasting is like like football. You get to about thirty four, and it's like maybe I should hang it up. I had uh, what four good years. I don't exactly have the millions in the bank like they do, but similar, right? Almost identical, if you think about it. I mean, in every way, uh, athletically. Mentally, popularity, everybody just loves you and adores you. You know, they want to take pictures with you and stuff. Don't you do the Packernet Podcast? I know your voice. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Same exact thing. Quarterback podcast. Should just call it quartercast because it's it's literally identical. But, yeah, so Rogers is in Hawaii. And um, we did get a little bit of a tip of a hat. Uh, Mr. Tyler Herrick on Twitter, who is... um, attuned to what people are doing with their private aircraft, had kind of dropped a little hint, basically saying, look, I, uh, I just saw where Aaron Rogers landed and I don't think he's going to be making it to voluntary, um, training camp thing. He said it much more eloquently than I did, but that would, that was the gist. So, um, Hawaii was on my short list of places that he went. Mars was also on my mind, but I don't, I don't think you can track that so much because I was really sitting here like, where can't he get back from? Oh, Mars, I bet. And then I thought, no, probably, probably, uh, like Hawaii or, or, or Africa. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. Somewhere far, but interesting. Those, those are my two guesses: Honolulu, or uh, Pretoria. It's, it's one of those two for sure, for sure. But technically, if I'm not mistaken, the way that this voluntary season is working, at least this year, is from uh, April 19th through May 14th. So. It was two weeks. They extended it to four weeks. That's phase one. But obviously you're like, well, that happened. That's come and gone a long time ago. They kind of changed it up where generally you come in, you do your strength and conditioning, whatever. But and maybe it's like this usually. I don't really know. But it's all virtual. So nobody has to, to come in. And again, they extended it from two weeks to four weeks. However, starting on May 17th, which is a couple days ago, we had phase two of this offseason program. This has been shortened from three weeks down to one week. They've got things like on-field workouts. No contact is allowed, but you're allowed to run simulations and whatnot. And they have to be run at a walk-through pace. Again, that's one week, and it's going to end in a few days. Phase three begins May 24th, so in five days. This is going to be four weeks long. This is going to be in-person meetings, classroom instruction. Um, they got the 10 OTAs, organized team practice activities. There is no live contact permitted, but 7-on-7, 9-on-7, 11-11 drills are permitted. And uh, the NFL does allow you to choose to have a uh, rookie camp, which obviously the Packers have. They also allow the teams to decide that there is a mandatory uh, veteran camp. So the way this breaks down for the Packers specifically, the OTA workouts are going to be May 24th and 25th, May 27th, June 1st and 2nd, June 4th, June 7th and 8th, and then June 10th. The mandatory mini camps, which is, you know, mandatory, June 15th, 16th and 17th and then the mini camp for rookies obviously already happened. We talked about it. We saw all kinds of pictures that was May 14th and 15th. The reason this is I mean it's interesting because it's 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 interesting, right? We got OTAs coming up. Packers in Lambo doing some work. But it's also obviously interesting because Aaron Rodgers is not around. Now, it's been kind of already said that he's not going to be showing up to these and I I it really doesn't surprise me, you know. I guess this is a good segue into a question that I had gotten. One of the questions that I got in the Facebook group, and I'm sorry I forgot to, to take note of the name, but it says, Are you still 65.35? 35 that AR-12 will be back this season? I asked because the closer we get to June 2nd, the more I think it's done. I'm going to say yes, and, and to be honest, I'm even creeping closer to 70%. I don't necessarily d- uh, disagree with the logic that obviously every day that goes by is another day that we're not signing them is another day closer to this not working out. But in my mind, there's there's a couple things. Number one, I don't expect this to get resolved anytime soon. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is even going to entertain anything um, for a while. And I think this is going to go the distance. I think this is going to go... Uh, well, I, I shouldn't say that. It depends on a couple factors. Let me start here, though. And I've mentioned this before, but this is where I think makes the most sense for me. And it's why I'm still, I guess, relatively confident that Aaron Rodgers is going to come back. And I can't really speak to... Um, his unhappiness with the, the team and all that, and maybe that's real, but th- the thing that dawned on me that um, I can't shake is the idea that, again, this is his last opportunity to get a big payday, and I know he just got a big payday. What, what gives him the right to do this? He just won MVP. Now, look, if, if you're 26 years old, and you've got a contract coming up in two years or whatever and you just signed a contract two years ago you're halfway through maybe you just write it out i'm the man i'm gonna get so stupid paid it's crazy right because here's the thing you know there's another contract coming and even if next year isn't as good even if like pat mahomes he won mvp and then he didn't win mvp and nobody expected him to get back-to-back mvps guess what still gonna get stupid paid right it doesn't matter if you're aaron Rodgers, though You're probably not getting another contract. I mean, maybe you will, but who knows? There's a lot of unknowns. He knew going into this that this may very well be his last contract. So this is it. This is all you get. But he goes out and balls out and wins MVP. Now he's got some leverage. Now he can maybe pull some strings and say, dude, I can squeeze one more out of this. I can probably get an extension out of this. I can get a little bit more juice. And so... And maybe this is wrong. Maybe he really just is angry and he doesn't want to be here and it's entirely possible. I don't know. I've, I kind of laid out all the stuff that shows the signs of a guy that clearly um, can hold a grudge and is upset with things. But it just makes a lot of sense to me that the guy won MVP and he wants to cash in on it, right? It, it, it makes sense. I don't like it, but it makes sense. I win MVP and I get nothing. Think about that. You get nothing for that. You get no extra bonus for that. You get no, the, the, the contract you signed when we gave you that last extension, when everybody thought you were declining. That's what you get no matter what. And so what? I go out and try to win MVP again. I try to win a Super Bowl again. For what? So you can move on to Jordan Love in, in one or two more years? Nah, I tell you what. I want MVP. I'm worth more now, and I want what I'm worth. I think this is a business thing. Now, that doesn't mean he isn't saying, I'll, I'll get what I'm worth somewhere else, and maybe that's the resolution. Maybe the Packers just hold firm and they're like, we're not giving you more. And I know there's, there's rumors that they did offer him a contract and maybe they did. I don't know. I, I really don't, but I just, I can't shake that because it makes too much sense. Now, maybe two things are true at once. Maybe he really did want more and he wanted the team to come to him and, you know, like the Vikings did with Adam Thielen, I think it was. Adam Thielen wasn't up for a contract, but he was getting paid pennies and he was one of the best wide receivers in football. And the reason he was getting paid pennies is because he was a nobody. He's like an undrafted free agent and he was getting paid like it and the vikings are like you know what dude you're not getting paid enough we're just going to give you a massive raise just because we're cool like that and i laughed in their face like dude you guys are stupid you got no money the guys i mean you you pay them when you need to pay them don't pay them now but they did and and it's sort of like you know when when mr Blano gave us that beautiful video of the office depicting what happened maybe he did kind of go into this like look hey man um I think I've earned more. Literally, that's what Michael Scott said. I, I think I've earned more, and uh, by the time the Packers finally came around, to okay, let's try to figure you know a little bit out. We'll throw you a little bit of this, and you know, I you know maybe we can tack a little bit on here or there. He's like, you know what? No, I I, I don't know, but I, I do tend to think that that's largely what this is. And if this is largely what it is, it really just comes down to can the Packers meet that price because he knows what he's worth, and maybe the Packers just don't want to pay that. Look, man, I mean. I... We'll give you something. We'll give you a bump. We'll give you a premium because you want MVP. And, you know, we know we're not moving on to Jordan Love anytime massively soon because you've proven that you are the man and you still can do everything. And who knows? Maybe we can ride this out for another five years. I don't know. But I'm not giving you Pat Mahomes' contract. So, again, that's where I'm at. Now, if you're you're asking me to to get out my crystal ball and say, how does this play out? I think we're going to go all the way basically to the season. I think the Packers are dug in. The Packers have said we're not trading them, and I think they mean it. I think the Packers have made an offer, and Rodgers says that's not good enough, and I think both sides mean it. And so, what happens when both sides get dug in? There was somebody, I, I don't really want to look it up right now. I should have made a note of it, but somebody had just put something out there on the Twitter sphere, basically saying something to the effect of look, there's five quarterbacks that tried to get off their team, that asked to be traded. Guess which ones got traded? The ones where the teams wanted them traded. <laughs> the, the ones where the team said, sorry, no, you're our guy. They didn't leave. The The players were not successful in forcing their way off. If the team says, I'm sorry, you're not going, they're not going. Now, we have seen some success with that, especially with the Steelers, for example, with Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell saying, I'm just going to sit out, I'm not going to play. But other than that, I mean, we've had Aaron Donald say, I, you know, I'd, I'm not playing. And and granted, this is a little bit different than just a a basic holdout, but okay, Russell Wilson, he's done it twice now. Remember how masterful that first one was? There's all these rumors popping up. He wants to go to New York, his wife, girlfriend, whatever it was at the time, she wants to go over there because it's better for her career, and they've already made plans, and it was this whole big elaborate thing, and then the Seahawks come in with this massive offer. It's like, okay, sounds good, signs it, done. Like, you sly son of a gun! You weren't going anywhere. And so, the, the, I mean, there's a million variables, and I didn't really intend to rehash this whole thing, but the question was, are you still 65-35? Again, I, I'm, I'm probably pushing it closer to 70, but again, that has more to do with 70, 70% sure the Packers are not going to trade him. I'm maybe like 60% sure that Rodgers is going to play. The difference in 10% being Aaron Rodgers just refusing. So, I, I, I don't know. But anyways, that's what's going on. The uh, the camp is forging ahead, and uh, Rogers is just holding strong. Um, two different questions. I want to start with this one, just to kind of just kind of palate cleanser. Roger Davis, and this is an old question, so he probably got his answer by now. But I'll answer it anyways. He says, uh, "Have you heard the Packers plans to have a full stadium for home games?" Here's what I know. The Packers have said that they're basing their plans on what the NFL has stated or is planning, and that is to have full capacity stadiums for the NFL season. Now, the statement made by Mr. Mark Murphy, president and CEO of the Green Bay Packers, is that they're going to work toward that. So it's sort of a tentative plan at this point. And if you look at what the NFL had actually said, the NFL said their goal is for full stadiums. So as of right now there's no official plans that is their goal and the packers are working toward that as well with the nfl so basically if the nfl says we're gonna do it wide open then we're gonna do it wide open pending any um local state whatever and i doubt local would be a problem but state could potentially be a problem if there were one but i really doubt it the only way i think that there wouldn't be full stadiums is if we have some kind of another spike, which I don't even really want to get into that because that would be massively catastrophic. Because that should be basically impossible with so many people being vaccinated right now. So if that if that's happening, something went very very wrong. And um, it's I don't even I don't even want to I don't want to talk about it. So yes, I would expect the stadium to be full. If I'm if I'm throwing out random numbers again, 95% sure we will have full stadiums. We're talking what four months? Hey, that is kind of close. Four months goes by pretty quick, and I think if the NFL was playing today, there's no way they would be anywhere close to full state. I'll bump that down to 85%. But that is good news because, as it turns out, there's a lot of people, apparently, that are getting together for that Steelers game. If you wanted to get together with some—it's not an official Packernet thing. This is something that had kind of happened, I saw organically on Twitter, and so there happened to be a lot of people from the Packernet community that are going to be there kind of hanging out with a lot of Twitter Packer fans and whatnot. So um, if you haven't seen that, you should check it out. Unfortunately, they all bought up 1,000 tickets because that's the most expensive game you can get right now. <laughs> I went and looked at it. You can go to Packers Bears for cheaper than you can go to Packers Steelers on that day. So there obviously was a massive amount of buys, but uh, I do think that would be kind of fun. Kind of vaguely contemplating doing a Packernet meetup, which obviously would be on that day just because that's when everybody else is going already going to be there. But... Um, I wouldn't hold your breath on that one. If you want to do it, just do it, and assume I won't be—I won't be there. But you guys have fun. We'll see. You guys got to talk to Blaine and tell him he has to drive me up there and kind of—kind of force me. He's good at it. He's been doing it since college when he had to drag me out of the apartment to go to parties and stuff. Although South Carolina was my idea, so burn. Anyways, I finally got to this article um, that Brandon had asked me to look at a pff article it's full of data and it just it put me to sleep I, had, I literally had to read it like six times because like what what point are you trying to make here because they kept contradicting themselves every five seconds and at the end of it i kind of came to the conclusion that this doesn't tell us anything but it's interesting the fact that it doesn't tell us anything so here is the title and i will try my best to get through this convoluted th- i mean this is just an example of somebody who's looking at a pile of data and said oh this looks like something and and i think I think they, there's not much here, but PFF Data Study, investigating the prospects who declined in their final college season and what it means for the 2021 NFL draft class. Now, it's interesting because we can look at the 2021 draft class, but obviously the first thing that comes to my mind is Jordan Love, a guy who was very, very good, and he declined in his final season, which is not uncommon, not by a long shot. But anyways, what they essentially did, uh, and they did an article about guys who had their peak seasons in their final season you think about guys like um uh wilson zach wilson the quarterback he was kind of a nobody and then just completely blew up possibly the best quarterback in college football this past year came out of nowhere and we'll see how that goes but let me give you an example of what i mean by um them just doing a lot of double speak it says there are anecdotes in either direction As far as quarterbacks are concerned, there's Josh Allen and Jameis Winston. So these are examples of guys who declined in their final seasons, both of whom were at their best in the penultimate year of their college, which I had to Google that. That means second to last, which, granted, penultimate is, I guess, a little easier and shorter to say than second to last, but it seems stupid. So stop saying it. And they say it like 900 times in this article. Allen has reached the ceiling he showed only before his final college season, while Winston has mostly failed to recapture the success. So basically, you've got two examples, and they both tell us nothing because Josh is really good and Jameis was not good at all. And it goes on to say, when it comes to non-quarterbacks, some of you might remember that now-stud cornerback Jair Alexander's best college season came in 2016, not 2017, which is incredibly interesting, and I wish I had thought of that or noticed that beforehand for all the people who are trashing Jordan Love because he had a bad second year. Jair Alexander went through the same thing but I didn't think of it PFF did but you can go ahead and put that in your back pocket the next time somebody comes out and like dude Jordan Love was trash in his final year just be like yeah so was Jair burn in fact if we do a side-by-side comparison Jair's second best year or his excuse me his second to last year was his best year and he declined in his final year He had an 87.7 overall grade in 2016 and a 75 overall grade in 2017. Jordan Love, 83 overall grade in 2018, 75 in 2019. So 83 to 75 compared to 87 to 75. They're almost identical, interestingly enough. Now it does go on to say, which obviously is correct, of course his lack of production in his final season was also caused by injuries, but that's what people said about Harold Landry. In other words, Harold Landry is another guy that fits this category who was really good and then he had a bad year, but he only had a bad year because he was injured, except he goes into the NFL and he wasn't very good, so maybe it wasn't just an injury, maybe he just wasn't very good. It says, other prospects who declined in their final year, Vernon Hargreaves and Leonard Fournette, safe to say that both of these guys have not really panned out. And so what they did is they put together a big chart and they plotted everybody and um, they basically looked at the final year and then said how big of a decline was your final year compared to your best year so obviously if your best year was your final year the answer is zero the difference between your best year and your final year is zero if they're the same year if it goes down they track how big of a decline was it and so what you get is not a linear uh line at all you get this very wavy line but it's a wavy line that basically stays about average They use a WAR, which is wins above replacement. I don't exactly know how that works. I don't really care to re-remember and relearn it and re-explain it. But it's just a metric that says, you know, how good are you, more or less. So zero is average, and then above that is good, and below that is, is less than good. But basically the way that this works is you start at zero, because that's the way that this chart is meant to be. If you, and again, remember what you would expect is as you decline in your final year, you probably see more and more decline in how good of a player you actually are. If there's any correlation between declining in your last year and how well you perform in the NFL, if not, then the line just kind of does whatever. And that's kind of what we're seeing. So, for example, immediately the line shoots up. So, if you're just a little bit worse than you were, or a little bit worse in your final year than you were in your best year, then you perform better than average or I should say better than people who um, had their best year in their final year, which seems, again, counterintuitive. So if you're a little bit worse in your final year than your best year, you're better than those guys who were at their best in their final year. Well, not necessarily, because as you keep moving along, then all of a sudden the line dips. Well, okay. So if you're just a little bit worse, then you're better, which doesn't really make sense. But as you get worse and worse and worse in your final year, then you're a lot worse, right? Well, no, because then it shoots back up and spends most of the time actually above that line. So if we talk about it in terms of percentages, if you are about um, zero point, let's, let's, well, why don't we call it percentages? If you're about 2% worse in your final year, between zero and 2%, you're going to be better than people who had their best year in their final year. If you're between that 2% and let's call it 12%, then you're worse. At 12% to about 35%, you're better. And then between 35% and 40%, which is the lowest drop-off that they found, or the biggest drop-off they found, you're worse. The point is, there's just nothing here. The line just goes all over the place. And even in that last little dip-off, especially when they look at just the, the, the top 100 players, there's two guys below the line, one guy above the line. The bottom line is that I don't see anything that would scream to me that there's a correlation. I just, I I don't see anything here. Maybe they can try to pull some kind of a correlation out of this. I'm not seeing anything. So it's not that it means nothing. Well, it it does mean nothing, but that means something. You following me? (laughs) The fact that it doesn't mean anything means something when you've got a guy like Jordan Love who fits this criteria. Because if it doesn't mean anything, then we don't have to worry about it. Now, that's not to say that the specific... Issues that he had in his final year aren't things that need to be worked on, but there is no correlation between guys who have a decline in their final year and guys busting out in the NFL. So what does that mean for our current draft class? Well, it means we don't need to worry about Eric Stokes, who did have a dip. In fact, it's a very similar dip to Jordan Love and Jair Alexander. Um, I would say the biggest difference between them is Jair was good, then great, then good, Jordan was bad, then great, then good. Eric Stokes was great, then great, then good. So of the three, he's had the best overall three-year career. And, and if you factor in the whole COVID thing, that may have even explained it, but he did. He went from an 81 to a 73. It's very similar, right? From, from what, what was it? An 83 to a 75 was roughly what the other guys had. This is an 82 to a 73. It's pretty much identical. Josh Myers declined in his second year, probably closer to Jordan Love, in which he was bad in his, his first year, good in his second year, and then I guess average in his last year. So low, high, medium. Not as big in numbers as Jordan Love, but similar trajectory. But again, same thing. Mari Rogers had a big breakout year in his final year, which makes sense because that's when everybody else left. Slayton was kind of similar, but he's literally just gone down every single year, 79, 77, 70, and 68. Shamar, the exact opposite, 66, 74, 76, 84. But anyways, Kylan Hill also uh, fits that mold. Best year was the second to last year, 84 overall drops down to about a 70. So if you want to see the article for yourself, again, it's... uh, PFF Data Study Investigating the Prospects Who Declined in Their Final College Season and What It Means for the 2021 NFL Draft Class. So, very long title, but I'm sure if you Google half of that, you'll be able to find it. Maybe you can glean some information, but basically all I got from this is it doesn't really mean anything. You've got about just as good a chance as anybody else. And and one of the things that they had uh, posited is that the bigger fall you have, the higher peak that you had. So think about it. If you were just, let's say like Josh Myers, Josh Myers fits this criteria, but he his peak was a lot lower. So even though he had a kind of a bad year in his final year or average year or whatever, it's not that big of a fall. Whereas if you are, let's say again, Jordan Love, or you go from 85, let's say you even went from 90 to a 60, that's massive. But you got to take into account that he had a 90. So there's more talent there. So it almost kind of self-balances and pulls everything back to the middle, which is kind of what we're seeing here, where everything kind of just pulls itself back to the middle. Bottom line, again, my thoughts on this, which was the question, is that uh, we don't really need to necessarily worry, at, at least in a broad sense. He declined in his final season is is not an argument by itself. If you want to nitpick a specific thing, the interceptions or he proved that he can't do this, that, or the other for whatever reason, and that concerns me fine, but not just a broad category of he had a bad year in his final year and that tells me he's gonna be bad in the pros. That that doesn't hold up. Anyways, uh, should probably take a break here. I Want to say thank you to Ken Wayne for upping his pledge on Patreon. I really do appreciate that. Just a reminder for those of you that are patrons, if you feel like it, that's always an option. You can go from one to two dollars, from two to five to from five to you know seven hundred. I mean, you can do literally whatever you want. I mentioned Aaron Rodgers, I know you're listening. You don't have to like me to support me. You can pity me. I'll, I'll accept pity money. I am a lowly, pathetic, sad excuse for a human. And I will gladly take $700 a month from you. <laughs> I don't whatever it takes me, I don't care. You think I have pride? You are sorely mistaken. If Packers Podcasts were a circus, I'd be like the one-eyed man. Actually, that might be Ramage. I would be the clown. Not the one with the flower that sprays someone, but gets sprayed. That's me. Don't care. Anyways, um, I I have no idea what's going on right now. Why don't we take a break, and we'll be right back.
0: Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.
1: So I wanted to elaborate a little bit on something that I had said yesterday. And I, I bring it up just because um, Draft Hobbyist on Twitter had a comment about what I had said, so I just want to make sure that I'm clear on what I'm saying. I talked a little bit about uh, Daryl Slayton, TJ Slayton, yesterday, and kind of just talked in terms of my general, I guess, pessimism. I don't necessarily have any specific problems with him. I, I've, I've barely even dug in. And one of the things that I talked to him about is I really need to dig in and watch these guys so I can have a horse to bet on and be like yeah that's my guy. But it was really just starting from the standpoint of most guys don't pan out. You know the the Packers have taken swings and they haven't super panned out. And um you know again we we there's a lot of hype about him in particular, but there's hype about everybody. And so one of the things that he had said is basically the the reason he believes in them is because the guys that we have like Lancaster are very beatable at that position. And so what I had kind of said is my my biggest issue is I think what we're doing is comparing our starters who we know struggle, Lowry and Lancaster specifically, maybe Kiki, depending on if he can take a step. But we're comparing that to TJ Slayton's highlight videos. In other words, we look at it and say, here is a 340-pound guy that has the athleticism of a 285-pound defensive tackle. He's an absolute freak he's a monster people have been posting his highlights of him splitting double teams his speed going lateral his speed getting up the middle after the quarterback his raw power throwing people around and we say that guy is obviously better than tyler lancaster so obviously we would expect him to be a better and and more long-term player but we're not comparing apples to apples we're comparing apples to oranges and listen like I said yesterday, if, if your goal is to just get hyped up, fine, but if you want to step into the realm of analysis, you can't do that. If you want, and and, and what I had mentioned to uh, Mr. Draft Hobbyist on Twitter is you start to get a more bleak picture when you look at side-by-side T.J. Slayton and, for example, Montrevious Adams. I went, I went out just now just to see if there was any kind of a clip, and I couldn't really find anything, but just when the Packers selected. Go back and find a video of when the Packers selected Montrevious Adams. Because what happens is, after the pick, what do they do? They show the highlights. And they start talking about Montrevious. They talk about his attributes. Dude, this guy looks like an absolute freak. I'm watching him like, dude, where would... He didn't do that move once while he was with Green Bay. Never. And this is against, like, Clemson. It's against Georgia. He's just tearing it up. Super athletic. All this stuff. And so the, the point is, similar to the last year, decline doesn't mean anything. I don't think highlights necessarily mean anything. There's a, there's a separate thing that has to take place when you get to the NFL, and that is, can you take those talents and can you translate them to the NFL? And as far as I know, there's no formula that tells us whether or not they can do that. There are first-round guys with all the talent in the world that just can't make it work. They They check every physical box in the known universe, especially, again, looking at linebackers. A lot of these linebackers are just... If you could build this guy in a lab, he would look exactly like such-and-such, and, such, and yet they don't perform. Now again, I'm not trashing him. I'm very excited, I'm very happy for him. I look forward to watching more of his tape and just just eating it up. But I'm, I'm a cautious pessimist, I guess, in that I, I just understand that generally from year to year, most picks don't pan out. However, I also know that every year somebody pans out and it could be him. Maybe there's two guys that pan out, three guys, four guys. I don't know. Maybe he's one of them. Maybe he's the next Mike Daniels, who's like a mid-round guy that's actually not just good, he's a stud. I don't know. But again, the, the, the biggest point is don't compare the highlights to the NFL production of the current guys that we have. The highlights don't mean anything. The question is, when he gets in there and he plays at an NFL level, can he keep up? Can you keep up with the mental side of things as far as this new defensive scheme? That's one of the biggest hurdles for a lot of these guys. They just, they can't think fast enough. So I guess that's just where I'm coming from. I I get the hype and I get all that stuff, but we just, we just have to separate the hype, the rock report, the highlights, and our analysis of how he's going to perform in the NFL. If you have analysis outside of that, fine. If not, then we're just talking about hype, and that's fine. Be hyped, but don't conflate the two. And it's easy to do because you go on Twitter and it's just people posting, you know, check out this play, and it's like, dude, dude, look at that. He's such a freak. But I mean, it's it's the same for everybody. I mean, literally everybody. Somebody made a Mitch Trubisky highlight video, which by the way, I made a Mitch Trubisky lowlight video, made me so happy, it was one of my favorite projects. Basically, just him doing bad things to hilarious music. You should find it; it's funny and it's entertaining. So I don't know. I hope that somewhat clarified what I was saying. Anyways, I want to end on uh, a little bit of news. Apparently, Aaron Rodgers will be going on Sports Center. This is going to be 10 p.m. on Monday. So I mean, 10 p.m. is when I. I mean, I. I'm staying up later so that I can do cool stuff, and then he's going to go. I, I guess I'll be up. Usually I do the podcast and then I go to bed at around 10. So I can probably sit and watch it maybe on my phone. I don't even think I can. So I'll just go to bed. But there's a lot of anticipation, right? Aaron Rodgers is going to quote unquote break his silence, which is technically true. Breaking his silence just means speaking when before he wasn't speaking. Now, what are the odds that he's going to give us something big? I would say relatively low. If anything big is going to happen. It's going to be Aaron Rodgers coming out and saying the media is blowing this massively out of proportion. And I would say that there's a good chance that that's going to happen. Other than that, though, I don't think there's going to be any news as far as we came to an agreement or I'm not coming back or anything like that. I I I think it's one of two things. I'm not going to talk about that slash it doesn't even come up, which, I mean, come on, it's got to come up. It has to. You got to at least bring it up. Guy will never be able to show his face again, like anywhere, ever. Ever. But I think what makes the most sense is he's going to say something to the effect of this has been blown out of proportion by the media, which is what they like to do. The Packers and I are working through some stuff. I love the Packers organization. I love the Packers fans. And I would love to be back. Now, in reality, that's a nothing statement. Because anything that we've talked about up to this point can still be true. It's entirely possible that he still is very angry with the organization, does want to be traded unless something happens. The only thing it kind of rules out, unless he's just flat out lying, would be the possibility that he just doesn't want to come back at all and is refusing to come back. In which case, the best thing I think we can get from him, and, and listen, this is sort of the whole reading between the tea leaves things, right? It's a matter of, if this is true, how would he react or how would he talk? If he simply says... Something to the effect of, I can't get into that right now. There's some things we're working through, which sounds similar, but again, you want to avoid certain things that imply I want to come back. If he doesn't say I want to come back and just says I've loved my time in Green Bay, I've been working with the Green Bay Packers, not specifically on coming back, I've just been talking to them, I've been working with them, which we know, and we'll see where things lead, that's different to me. That is when the alarm bells go off and I'm kind of worried. If he says, of course, I want to come back, that's not only implying that he's willing to come back, but it works in his favor because it swings favor over to his side, whereas a lot of it is the Packers saying we want him back, but he just won't come back. And he's going on TV saying, no, I want to come back. They just won't bring me back. So it's almost important that he does say that. Of course I want to come back. Just waiting on them. So it will be interesting to see what what is said. And again, I, I would be shocked if nothing was said. I'm sure there's a way that I mean, he can get completely out of it and give us nothing, which, again, would more or less just be, I can't really talk about that right now. It's an ongoing situation. Which, again, is going to push me a little bit into the he really does want to just leave category because, again, he's avoiding saying what? I want to be back. I love the organization. The media blown this out of proportion, which he'll probably throw the media thing in there anyways because whether they are or they aren't, it still is just a little jab that you can throw out there. It doesn't even have to be true. You can just say it. So I don't know. I mean, I... I feel like it's silly to think we're going to get anything out of this, but there's going to be a whole lot of reading into this, mostly by me, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of backlash. Like, dude, shut up. He didn't even say anything. You're just making things up. Yeah, but that's how I feel about it. And I, I wanted to get it out there now for the same reason I've said this about a bunch of different things. If I don't tell you now and then I try to say it later, you guys are going to roll your eyes and be like, yeah, right. You're just saying that. right? If, I mean, again, if he comes out and says, this has all been blown out of proportion, of course I want to come back everybody's going to come at me and be like, now what? See, this was all fake from the start. Well, no, it doesn't mean that at all. Nothing I've said changes. <laughs> Nothing. This is just how he's phrasing it. And yeah, some of it, some of the stuff that's out of proportion in his mind could be some of the more far-reaching things that have been said. Or the character attacks on him, which obviously he's not going to agree with. So anyways, I'm... Um I'm excited. And, and again, I, I feel like that's more or less what's going to be said, but I am excited for those little nuances. And I hope that he delves far enough into it that we can at least hear that. Again, if he says, I want to come back, I think that means he wants something from the Packers, i.e. money. I think if he just says we're working on it, but avoids any notion or any talk about wanting to come back, eh, <laughs> I don't know. So we'll see what happens. We got a, we got a while for that yet. But I got to get going to uh, to Sleepy Town. We'll see if I can get this podcast up properly tomorrow. Again, please remember that if you are a patron, you can go over there to listen anytime you want. It is a day early. It's generally the right podcast. I don't think I've messed that one up yet. And it's completely ad-free. So there you go. And you can do that for as little as a dollar a month. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. Please consider doing that. And of course, you're supporting me in this podcast, which is always kind of cool. For me, mostly. But, but you know, it's good to help people. Anyways, you folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.